Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. myself as Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is. We also have my co-host, Artesia Swindle. We are in San Diego, California, and I'm excited about this interview because before we visited out here, Artesia was like, hey, I'm working on this interview, and I think you'll like this interview because it's something you're interested in. I'm in California, so I'm definitely interested in weed, marijuana, cannabis, whatever you call it, whatever the name is for it. So in the studio today, I have with me Alex Scherer, and you are, or your dispensary was the third dispensary open in the state of California, is that correct? Um, not in the state of California, okay. in the uh, city of San Diego. Oh, in the city of San Diego. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> that still is a big deal to me because when she told me about that, she was like, I know how you are about weed. And she was like, now I found somebody who can possibly educate you, you know, on the, the you know, the field and where it came from. So for you, the reason it, it, I have some interest in it is I know in Texas, a lot of people are trying to figure out how do we start dispensaries? How do we get into the business? But they have no idea. So for you, Alex, I would ask, how did you even get into or want to start doing, you know, having a weed business or owning a dispensary? Um, well, I've been uh, I've been doing it since basically about 2009 on like a commercial scale. And when I first started, uh, the indus- industry was barely, barely had an identity to yeah. it. Um, there were some laws in place that sort of carved out some exemptions that we could try to operate under. Um, but it really wasn't, well, you know, the way it is today where there's clear rules, uh, clear legislation that defines where, where, wh- when and where you can operate. Yeah. So I just kind of jumped into it. Um, I used to be in mortgages and real estate and the, that market tanked and I went back to school to study medicine Okay. and uh, I had to pay the bills. So I started growing and um, seeing uh dispensary is around me I started uh, selling our product to those dispensaries yeah. and decided to open our own so it's been uh, quite a path to get to where we're at today um, but it's and it's still growing still changing daily I mean we had huge change in rules just like two weeks ago yeah. <laughs> so does that force you to kind of stay on top of the legislations which you or, or is it someone else that kind of watches that for you and then they kind of come back and tell you about what you know the changes that have made I think uh, 
one of the reasons uh, my group and, and the industry in San Diego has been so successful is because we've been very uh, proactive about engaging politicians okay. and legislators. Um, it's not really something you want to stand back and wait for them to figure out for you. So, you know, we've, like in San Diego, for example, we've uh, established a trade group uh, that ha that presents a voice for the industry mm -hmm. as the legislators work on how to regulate us yeah. because they really don't know. You know, this is something that's very sensitive, very polarizing in a lot of ways still. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to contribute um, through uh, civil engage civic yeah. engagement like that and okay. we find that to be super effective so when artesia found you one of the biggest things that stood out to me was your dedication to like the judicial system and trying to help out people who were previously locked up for maybe selling marijuana or being picked up for using marijuana um where did that passion come from for wanting to actually help those people who are incarcerated now behind marijuana um well there's a Cannabis is first and foremost a social justice issue. There's, uh, there's um, the war on drugs has overwhelmingly impacted communities of color. Uh, that's very motivating, yeah. you know, to see when these laws change, how that has a direct impact on those communities. Um, and uh, you know, aside from that, you have just the satisfaction of it actually being something that's beneficial health-wise for yeah. people that can benefit the environment, that can do all those things. So. Um, uh, for me, uh, there's personal interactions and stories that uh, just continue to like stimulate and yeah. satisfy me and keep me going. So do you, uh, and this is a crazy question, but I have to ask, do you actually still smoke marijuana now? Yes, I do. What yeah. is your favorite type <laughs> of marijuana? Because I'm still learning about this stuff. Like I told you before the podcast, like I sold marijuana before, but like you didn't really, you knew what you were selling, but you didn't know about strains and yeah. you know what highs and lows and stuff like that. Like I remember the first time I was talking to a guy and he was like indica and, and uh, sativa and I was like what yeah I just wanted some weed but a lot of people get duped into buying bad weed or bad strains because they don't actually know what they're purchasing so with your dispensary do you have any kind of like logic behind it of like being able to educate people on what they're actually purchasing yeah we do a a, a real good job I think at our dispensary of trying to educate our consumers okay. we have educational kiosks in our dispensary we okay. have a huge retail floor so we're trying to um, you know, spread that research because customers look at a dispensary as sort of their source for information yeah. regard, you know, not just what to buy, but what the laws are, what the science is, what the politics are about it right now. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of misinformation out there and it's important that we take, um, uh, you know, an approach where we're spreading what we know yeah. to the consumers because it is important, you know, and you want them to get relief from or or achieve their goals yeah. with cannabis so yeah. so yeah. so your favorite do you have a favorite like me i'm i'm more of an og kush person i pretty much stay right around there it's not too strong it's not too you know i don't sink in the couch too much because i want to be able to smoke and then actually get out and walk around why are you looking at me like that <laughs> That's because some see I have a high tolerance. So what I found is a lot of people like if I smoke with people, you know, back in the day people used to brag about drinking people under the table. Uh -huh. Now it's like a smoking people under the table. So for me it's like I can literally smoke a whole blunt by myself and still be functional. No lie. Yes, I may be on the couch, but I'm functional. And I'll see people come in and they'll smoke some good stuff and they'll hit one or two puffs yeah. and they like, nah, bro. I, I, and they want to sleep on the couch or they don't want to go home and it's like 
You knocked that off of that. So your preference of what is your favorite strain or favorite type of marijuana? Um, I get smoked left and right by people. I'm, I'm still just into basic flowers. Okay. You know, I like flavorable indicas that just settle me and, you know, relax me. Flowers, what do you... Uh, so just buds. Okay. You know, a lot okay. of people now are just into oils and concentrates and vaporizers. No, not me. <laughs> I'm still like you then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of old school. The pen is good, though, yeah. but one thing... I, I use the pen personally. Yeah. Those are good. Those are convenient. Yeah. And a lot of people, like new people coming into the industry, mm -hmm. that's a real easy entry product for them. Yeah. You know, it's just like... It's very discreet. Yeah. You know, it's a vapor. Doesn't have lingering smoke or anything. Mm -hmm. so. That's her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we came out. What? We came out like two years ago. Well, and, when we knew about yeah, it. Yeah, and we were smoking with our cousin, and this was before it legalized because oh, I think you guys yeah. went to like a garage. Like it was a, you can tell me. No, it was legalized because she has her uh, car. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And she took me to the dispensary, and it was during happy hour, and they were passing out popcorn and, <laughs> and cupcakes, and I was eating the food because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm hungry. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gum. <laughs> so that's one thing we had so, to learn. But I, I think I lost the day. I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, she hot I gave you. Yeah, yeah. We hot boxed. I know you know what that is. And we hot boxed. And when she came back, she was coughing. And I'm like, what is going on with this cough? She literally had bronchitis from hot boxing out here when in, I went in home. California. Yeah. Wow, really? I was like, you need to take them lungs to take them off the market. <laughs> Those lungs are done. But hot boxing, the reason I think she did it too is because a lot of people don't, when, they, when they're inhaling, yeah. they don't know how to inhale. So what she was doing, I would let her smoke with me. But she wasn't getting high, and I was like, you're wasting my shit. <laughs> if you're not getting high, then you're wasting it. So the, the vape was better for her because the, yeah. the fumes weren't as hard mm -hmm. when she pulls on it. So And I also just switched to white papers. I used to do, like, the you know the blunt papers, but it's hard on your throat. Yeah. So it's like using the white papers. It's, it's smaller, but you can control it, and it's you get more of a pull on it. So you don't need it that fast. Definitely a science to it. So... What are some common myths surrounding the industry? Like, I know for me, like, my mom, she, I hate talking to my mom about weed because she'll be like, oh, you smoking dope? And I'm like, that sounds so hard. Like, it's just weed. You know, it's something that kind of takes my mind off of it. So for you, I know you were telling me a story about your dad. What was it like that when he found out that you were actually doing this and in, in the industry? You know, his main concern uh, when I, you know, told him what I was doing was the legality of yeah. it. You know, like, how legal is this? Is there any risk of you going to jail? Because... Uh, he knows, like, we've, our community's been traumatized yes, by this. So um, that was his main thing. Um, I just recently had my great uncle was diagnosed with cancer, mm. and he's never smoked cannabis before. Yeah. Uh, my cousin called me and said, hey, is there anything that we could give him? And so we, uh, we provided some tinctures and capsules because that, for some people, is a little easier to... Can you tell us what tinctures are? Because, like I say, back home in Texas, they know we don't... Yeah, we don't know all of this. So it's just like any other herbal tincture, okay. but it's infused with cannabis. Okay. And so um, it's sublingual. You put it into a drink or a coffee or directly into your uh, mouth, and it affects you immediately. It's very fast uh, onset. And it's... Uh, for, for some people, it's just easier to to accept to do yeah. because it's not smoke you know yeah. the smoking part of it the vaping part of it some people can't get past that yeah. uh, especially we find that with older generations so um he tried it and has found great you know it's working Results great for him, him yeah. you know so um that's a good thing and it's crazy that you say that because i didn't really know the oils could actually like 
help with ailments and pains. And like I say, my guy back home that I purchased from, he was telling me the same thing. He was like, my mother hated it. And she found out I was selling marijuana and she hated it. He was like, she didn't even want me in the house. Mm -hmm. But he was like, one day she was really suffering from like pains in her knee and her elbow. And he was like, I just went over there. I, you know, I made an oil. I brought it over and I told her what it was and I told her how it could help her. And he was like, she started applying it to her knees and her joints. And he's like, ever since then, she's been on it. But like you said, she only uses the oils. If she smokes, it'll be a pen because it's kind of, ain't it crazy how people feel less guilty when they use a pen or they they use yeah you see how she smiles and use the oil and it's like she'll talk about me smoking and I'm like but you smoke this shit too right. it's just in a different capacity right. so what is it uh, is what is the competition like here in the cannabis industry having your own business and the reason I say that I was watching a TV show shout out to Lena Waithe she created Chicago the writer of Chicago and one of the guys on there the shot mm -hmm. yeah. So one of the guys wanted a food truck. So he thought he would just be able to get a food truck, you know, put his license in the window and just go park anywhere and sell. Well, when he pulled up one time, it was like three or four other food trucks there. He pulled up and they were like, well, that's a bogus license. And they just basically started talking shit to him and he left. So for you, it's like, I'm thinking, what is it like to be in the cannabis industry? Because every business is competitive and you're going to have competitors. Have you ever had any crazy situations where people try to run you out of business or speak down on your name or whatever like that? And if so, how have you consistently bounced back to last this long? Um, it is extraordinarily competitive um, and in a lot of ways, uniquely competitive. We have uh, right nowadays a very high uh entry level that you need to come in. Uh, unfortunately, these things are very limited. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's coming out, it's an industry, but it's still uh, a highly regulated and very difficult to get one of these businesses open. Um, at the same time, you have an entire black market that is still functioning and flourishing in a lot of ways uh, that you have to compete against as a regulated market. Yeah. So um, that typically ends up being our, our most uh, difficult um, dynamic, yeah. you know, is dealing with the transition from a, a black market to a regulated market yeah. because uh, as a as a operational um, and permitted dispensary, we have taxes, we have audits, we have uh, operational regulations yeah. that have costs that prevent us from being as competitive as somebody else who doesn't have those things. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult, but the way we deal with it is by um, uh, being a, a a legitimate operation you do have some advantages too we can advertise openly yeah. the products we get are quality controlled they're tested they're coming from operations multi-million dollar laboratories and kitchens so and there's no way that your shit can be laced no okay that's a good thing because i know for me i literally i'm 35 i started smoking when i was 33 never smoked in my life even when i sold it i never got off my own supply right the only reason i ever started smoking it and i realized the benefits of it i had bell's palsy two years ago and basically it gives you symptoms of a stroke like it's droopy eye the mouth and for me it was more of a vanity thing when it happened to me i was like i can't go outside looking like the elephant man you know but Somebody was, I went to a couple of doctors and one of my doctors, uh, he told me, he was like, hey, maybe you should try this. You can't say that I told you, but it may help with the muscle tension in your face and relaxing and just helping you feel better. Literally, my eye used to twitch that I'm wearing glasses today because of Bell's palsy, but I literally don't really have the symptoms anymore because of marijuana. So when people talk about it, for me, I told her, I was like, I don't want to smoke. You know, I've never smoked. I never did any kind of drugs, really. So I looked at it as 
it being a drug as opposed to a recreational thing or a medicinal thing mm-hmm. that could actually help you out. So to actually get into it now, I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah. I literally tried to stop after like six months and I was like, yeah, I need, I mean, <laughs> and it helps now. It's like it helps with stress and anxiety. That you were going to go like 30 days? Yeah, I lasted yeah. a day and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't last long. Because you feel that. You feel the withdrawals of it. But to me, I... You and I think I feared it so much because you always heard of it being a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, you're gonna go from yeah, you're gonna go from smoking marijuana to cracking, sucking dick. Excuse my language, people. <laughs> but it's like, damn, is it really that hard? So I never really wanted to do it. And then even when I felt the urge to smoke again, I told her, I was like, I'm not gonna make it 30 days, but I don't feel bad because it's not, I'm not hurting anybody. And it's not something that keeps me from doing my job. I still get up, go to work every day. So when I thought about the the premise of it, when people would say you smoke marijuana. You're lazy. And it's like, no, that's just a lazy person, period. It has nothing to do with the marijuana. So what is... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, because you mentioned how hard it is to get into the regulated side of it. Mm -hmm. I guess one of the things that I'm most curious about is what advice would you give to someone that is looking to maybe go legit with their business or even just invest in something that's already up and running? Um, Well, if you're going to invest in something, make sure it's licensed and permitted. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it's a a project that has the potential to get permitted, um, you want to make sure that the team is solid because a lot of people are dumping money into these industries Mm -hmm. and getting licenses, but they don't know really what it takes to run one of these operations. Um, And a lot of people are losing their asses on it. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's important that the team is solid and... If you're in an area that doesn't have a regulated industry, you have to be engaged uh, locally with the city council members, with whatever um, politicians uh, regulate whether or not these businesses can be in those municipalities. Mm -hmm. So did race play a factor in it when you got in? And the reason I say that, I'll explain to you. In Texas, it's still the South. Another reason we do come to California once a year is dealing with race in Texas, it's like dealing with white people there, it's not the same as here. Like she's smiling. (laughs) Because here it's like, even when I first started coming to California, like white people would speak and they're nice and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not used to this shit. Like white girls trying to holler. It's like back in Texas, if a white girl's trying to talk to you, the only way you're going to know it is online dating Mm -hmm. or you have to be in their establishments and you're like one or two black people in there. Mm -hmm. But here it's like everybody's nice, everybody's cool. Back home in Texas, blacks and Mexicans hang, we're pretty much the same. We were the same shit we do the same things we hang out the same but when we talk about businesses i know me and her we have we just jumped into a studio business and then we have our media company back home and one of the hardest things is our our color it doesn't matter that you know we have degrees it doesn't matter that we have certifications in the areas that we are or that we've even been doing these things for eight to ten years mm-hmm. it comes down to what you look like and i'm just wondering here with it being so laid back did you deal with any kind of racial stipulations where maybe I know for me, they don't have to say it. It's just the way they treat me or the response. And I'm like, what else could it be? You know? So have you had to deal with anything like that? Um, the, that whole thing is very real. Um, I sit in this trade group. I go to like industry networking groups yeah. and it's heavily dominated by white males. Yeah. Uh, even in locally, uh, most of the ownership that I find here, it's very, very mind. There's, it's a minority still, even with women owners yeah. and people of color. Um, so it's it, it's something that needs to have attention brought to it because uh, the communities of color really did build this industry yeah. into the $50 billion industry that it, is, that it yeah. is, you know, and 
Um, unfortunately, we're being disenfranchised uh, because of the historic nature of the laws yeah. and the politics and the stereotypes and so forth. So um, we try to address that. I think the city of San Diego, um, the cannabis in industry itself is a very small community. Mm -hmm. um, people know each other. It's very supportive of all that stuff. Um, but there's, you know, just the, the, the reality of that um, is there. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with it. And I try to tell people that because even with what we do back home, not in, you know, marijuana, but any kind of business, I tell people, if you're a person of color, you got to have a thick skin and you got to be able to take no a couple times. You may hear no 30 times before you hear yes one time. And I think it's also, I tell a lot of people of color, it's important to know that not every white person is your enemy. Mm -hmm. And we were having a conversation the other day and I was like, it has to be tough for some white people who are good people who are actually allies with minorities, but not to be funny if Trump in office or, you know, cops killing, you know, Mexican people or black people, it's kind of hard to cut that off and be like all white people. Mm -hmm. And then you have to look at it and be like, I know for me having Mexican friends, white friends, Asian friends, and you realize that everybody's the same. And it's very, it's, it's more, it's fewer people that are racist and that don't want you to do good than it is people who are like, you know what, I actually want you to do good and I know you're a good person and actually what you, uh, your race doesn't matter. Now I do have to tell people, I had a white guy the other day and he's like, hey Anthony, tell this guy that I don't see color. And I was like, bro, you do see color. <laughs> you may not be racist. Can't avoid it. You, he's brown, I'm black, you're white. Right. But it's based on how you treat that person. Um, with the with the cannabis industry, what is it where you are now? Do you want it to grow? Do you want to have like a chain of these going on across the country? Like what's your next move for what you're doing? Um, well, we're really proud of our operation. You know, we think we have a, a great story. We think we're well intentioned. Mm -hmm. So we would like to grow and spread um, our our style, you know, and hopefully continue to influence the industry because it can go in several different directions. You know, yeah. it can become this super capitalistic cutthroat, genetically modified type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, or it could hopefully be something a little more um, holistic, inclusive, and, you know, helpful to communities and um, really the world. Yeah. What is a CBD? So CBD is a cannabinoid, just okay. like a THC. Um, CBD, and, and there's Tons. I mean, yeah. I think they've discovered nearly 100 so far, and they yeah. continue to uh, conduct research on the individual cannabinoid and what it can do. Okay. CBD is really well known for its effects on epilepsy, cancer. Um, it, it has more medical applications than THC. Okay. Uh, THC is the one that gets you high, that you know is psychoactive, and you, you feel the effects of it. Mm -hmm. CBD is really... Uh, um, Cool because it's non-psychoactive. So it's the one you see people uh, dosing children with that have uh, ailments yeah. that, you know, you wouldn't want to get them high, but you but want you them to get them. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's so helpful. Um, so that's, that's what crazy. CBD is. And the reason I asked that is because the, my one of my friends back home, he was like, we can't do anything with, you know, the actual, you know, like you are the psychoactive. What is it called again? It's THC. THC. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he'll be like, we can't do it with that, but we could do CBD. And I'm like, what the fuck is a CBD? <laughs> like, I just knew the basics. I was like, bro, I was just a runner. Like, I, did, I didn't I did study the, you know, the science behind it. But that's something that's starting to appeal to me with her taking me on my first trip to Denver last year and just going through the dispensary. I was like, this is amazing. So we're like, when I see weed, if it smells right, if it looks good, it's like you can literally fall in love. Like, seeing a big bag of it is kind of like, yeah, I want that. 
I yeah. want to get that. But um, is it? Can you? Is this, with the CBDs? Can we? Le- is it something that's already legal? So like you can open up a shop for that. Um, it's kind of in a lot of ways a gray area still. CBD okay. is uh, a, you find it in grocery stores mm-hmm. and gas stations and so forth and. It, CBD can come from two different types of cannabis plants. One is the regular cannabis plant that gets you high, and one is industrial hemp. Yeah. And if CBD is extracted from industrial hemp, hemp what I was coming from, <laughs> next, yeah. Yeah. Then uh, there's some carve outs where that's okay, and that's yeah. why you'll find it in a lot of products. And you could potentially open a store that just focuses on hemp derived CBD. Yeah. Um, it's not as effective by itself. CBD is good on its own, but you really do want some THC yeah. and all the other cannabinoids in it because what it's doing is it's going into your body and activating your endocannabinoid receptors and it does a better job at that when there's uh, a variety of cannabinoids going into your body so you know if you can deal with the THC a little bit you'll get you know and you'll get better relief from CBD if you could do both you hear that mama if you just (laughs) if you can take a little bit of the psychoactive you'll be fine she will not like I tell her I'm like that pain in your knee that that when you exercise and that shoulder I'm like they'll take care of it just get you, just rub it in, or get you a little hit of it, and you fine. So, one of the biggest things I think with marijuana that I love is, like I said, it's helped me with stress. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that's the number one reason why I haven't gotten rid of it or just you know stopped it. But I also have an issue with smoking on bungs. Then I turn to into my mom because I'm like I'm putting my mouth on a pipe, and then that's when I'm like, damn. I, is the next step sucking dick? It goes time. right back well, to that. Well, that was the first like time putting, I got yeah. nervous. Oh, yeah, because I yeah. did a pipe and I bought and two I pipes. And I saw you do it and I was like, oh, my God. He's tripping. You're too good at that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So she's like, you tripping? I was like, yeah, I mean, but the reason I use the pipe is because, again, like the white paper, you get more of it in and it's it's clean. It's not the that burny taste and that, you know, I love the flavors of like uh, backwood and cigarillos and stuff like that. But if you really want to like just get it and really focus on the art of it. Yeah, pipes and, and, and paper. Now, hemp, What what is hemp? So hemp is a type of cannabis plant, like it's a subspecies basically, yeah. that doesn't produce very much THC. It grows a little differently and it grows really well for like textile applications. Yeah. So you can make almost anything out of hemp. If we grew hemp uh, on a commercial industrial scale, we could stop cutting down the rainforest. It's that effective at mm. providing meat. Yeah. I'm mean, sorry, I'm sorry, providing a, a wood, paper, oils, plastic. You can make almost anything from it. So um, it's really an amazing thing that ought to be yeah. uh, more legitimate than it is right now. Do you come up with your names, like the names for your weed, or is it? Because I always want to know, because like when I went, when we went to Denver and I was going around, and I was like, Superman, Gorilla Glue, this and that. I was like, what? Well, like, what do they, how do they come up with the names for it? I'm, sh- I'm waiting on somebody to have one that's called Black Panther. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. Oh, it's going to come out, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, That's something that the growers do. You know, uh, basically all strains come from a few uh, old land race strains. These are like Hindu, Kush, Afghani, these uh, Chemdog, all these old school strains. They grow differently in different areas and they get crossed with each other because it's so, so you just get different uh, phenotypes and genetics. And so the grower just spits out whatever cool name they can think of to market it yeah. and um, get it out there. And Black Panther will sell like <laughs> hotcakes right now. I bet you it's already been done. It got it. Yeah, I, say, I just <laughs> haven't. Like, if not, and then you gave somebody the idea. Yeah. Well, I can't make it anyway. <laughs> you know, if I could, I'd already be in the game. So with, with, 
I guess have you lost anybody due to this business? Like meaning someone who was just so against what you were doing and what you wanted to do that was just like I can't I can't associate myself to that. Um like customers you yeah. mean? Or? Well, not just like a family member or a friend. Because, again, going back to Texas, like the South is, it's almost, I don't know why they call like North Carolina, South Carolina the Bible Belt, because I literally feel like that's Texas. So it's a lot of people, like for me, like with me smoking marijuana, it's a lot of people that won't come around it or they're like, hey, does your place smell like marijuana? It's just some people, it just turns them off to where they don't even want to be associated with it. Um, I didn't directly lose anybody, but it did impact my life in a yeah. way where I had to be a bit more discreet and cautious yeah. about what I did. I really didn't let anybody beyond my immediate family know yeah. because I've got family in Colombia, yeah. in Mexico, yeah. you know, and um, there's some very legitimate concerns about people knowing what I do. Yeah. And so it, it did kind of create barriers that didn't really exist um, in my world, yeah. you know, so. And that makes sense because the reason I asked that too, I forgot what movie it was, but I was watching a movie where a lot, when they, I guess they were kind of reenacting when it first started, like pe a lot of people getting robbed, like when they were transferring the money or if they kept money on hand to where now, a lot of these places, they don't keep any money on hand. A lot of the places are, you know, card only or type of thing, type of thing. Have you had anybody try to come for you or like try to rob you guys or do anything like that? Or Nothing like, nothing like that directly, That's good, but that man. does happen. Yeah. You know, we've just been, I think, fortunate. Yeah, we've blessed, had, yeah. we've had uh, delivery drivers, you know, robbed. We had yeah. one, one of our main guys had a gun to his head. That's crazy, um, man. You know, when, when we can't operate openly, yeah. uh, criminals know that. You know, they know if they target us that we're not necessarily going to call the cops yeah. right away because then that puts us in an awkward position. Yeah. So the more um, that we can get into that regulated market, the less uh, of a target we have on our backs. Yeah. So, so we're, first of all, what's the name? Because we're almost getting ready to wrap it up, but I want people to know. What's the name of your um, your business, where they can find you on social media if you have it, or a website to where they can actually, because we're probably going to try to visit before we leave. Right on, you should. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, for your patrons, where can they find you at on social media, and where can they find you at online to, you know, to come pay a visit and, and be a patron? Uh, well, we've got two main businesses. One is a Southwest Patient Group. That's our dispensary location. It's the biggest in the city of San Diego. We've That's got nice. a huge retail floor, so it's really fun when you go in there. We've got a classroom. We've got a hash bar we've got those educational kiosks I was talking about okay. and a really genuine welcoming staff there um, so our website for that is southwestpatientgroup.com okay we're gonna rename ourselves later this year to a uprooted um, we've had uh, a lot of uh, times in our lives where we've been uprooted and so we think that name fits us real well that's dope. Uh, our other business is Addis Management. We do provide uh, management and consulting services for the industry. We've okay. been at this for a long time. So um, we have uh, several cultivation sites uh, under management and even people that are looking to do legislative moves. Uh, we can guide people with that running initiatives and, yeah. uh, you know, lobbying their politicians. We we've got that experience to lend. Any social media presence? Yeah, we're all over social media. As uh, the, the, um, the what was the first one? Southwest Patient Group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Look us up on Instagram. We've got a cool feed. We do our own little podcast that we're trying to get it's going. Uh-oh. We might have to talk <laughs> after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was, I'm trying to think of one question before. It's, it's fading. God damn it. <laughs> it's fading. Shit. I hate when I forget stuff. So what makes you want to do the podcast, though? 
Oh well, um, for we, education, if nothing else. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of like ideas, yeah. right? And it's really fun. I've got a really cool marketing team. Okay. Um, they got great ideas. We have access to really cool uh, people in this industry. Yeah. We can get into some of the best grows yeah. and the best, you know, labs and talk to some of the pine, real pioneers that have gotten us to where we're at. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's uh, kind of our style. Yeah. So what's the cheapest uh, or the smallest amount people can purchase at your store? There's products as cheap as, you know, a couple bucks for a, a pre-rolled or... Oh, for real? Yeah, like a lozenge or something like that. A throat lozenge? I'm going to have to trick my mama, man, and just give us no, a, a you thing. you cannot do that. I'm going to just have to. I'm going to have to get it in the system. She'll probably feel like God is forsaken her. Yes. That. She'll be like, she probably is cheap. cheated she, on her religion. And she raised the devil of a son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, God, I'm trying to think of the, the question I had. Yeah, it is gone. So what? Now I did want to ask this because I'm trying to ask questions like basic questions that I hear people ask me all the time. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference between a sativa and an indica? And the way it was explained to me, there was like a sativa you can actually smoke and still move around. Mm -hmm. And it was like when you think of indica, think of it as like in the couch. Right. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's a simple way to look at it. Um, And that basically is the the two main differences. Uh, Sativa is not going to necessarily put you out. Yeah. It's good for energy, good for mood. Um, it's something you would do when you want to be creative or clean up the house. Yeah. And, um, indicas are better for anxiety, you know, for uh. pain, for sleep issues. Um, the reality, though, is these things have been crossbred and, you know, yeah. mixed so much that it's really hard to find a pure indica or a pure sativa. Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, really what you're looking for is what we encourage our customers to do is experiment and yeah. take notes and pay attention to how it's impacting you because you might find a sativa strain that accomplishes yeah. what you're looking for better than an indica, indica strain, you know? So what is the, so, and it's so funny he said the reality is. Yeah, he said it like twice. Yeah, and the <laughs> so reason, like it. and, and it's crazy when I hear people say it on the podcast because the reason we named it the reality is is the reality is where filtering becomes extinct. Normally when people start to tell the truth, they be like, well, the reality of it is is blah, 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 blah. So it just, I didn't catch the first time but I caught the second second time I'm, I'm forgetting what I was about to ask again because I wanted to get that in there <laughs> shit are you sure you didn't do anything before you, we got here no I oh. wish I did yeah, I did. That's what I was going to say. Literally, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, what he said, when and yeah, that's where it is, too. Creative. When I smoke, that's what it does to me. Like, I'll yeah. literally text her at 2, 3 in the morning. I'll be like, hey, just came up with and this like, idea. what are you even doing up? Yeah, I'm like, I just couldn't sleep. <laughs> so it's like I'm always creating between, like, 12 and 5, and I have to get up for work. But it's like I can't help it. It's like once I think of something, I have to get back to it. So for me, marijuana helps with that. And I've come up with some of my best ideas, literally smoking and then just sitting at the house, and it's like. And I think that's the consensus all over the place. Yeah. Because most people, like even other people in Dallas that are on the radio, they say they've had some of their best shows while they've been well, high. high. Yeah. Or like, uh, I forgot who, who it was, but I think it was Martellus Bennett. Mm-hmm. And he was speaking about, he was like half the guy, 90% of the guys in the NFL mm-hmm. are smoking marijuana. They just found ways to beat the test so, or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't LeBron, but it was somebody else saying that even basketball players, they'll smoke before going on the court because the crowd, the noise, mm-hmm. they have anxiety and to keep from having a panic attack. They smoke something and then they go play. Yeah. Why do you think it's look? Why do you think it has such a bad connotation on it? Even now, with it becoming legalized, it's still like people fighting it. Um. Well, you know, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist yeah. or anything, but our industry does directly impact the uh, uh, revenues of pharmaceuticals yeah. of 
oil, of you know, a lot of different things, and and they definitely have uh, an interest in making sure that we either stay in your lane yeah, we yeah. stay in our lane. Like the alcohol industry yeah. in Colorado took a huge hit yeah. this past year, and um, you know they're paying attention to that type of stuff. So that's uh, crazy, man. It's partly that. It's partly just you know traditional yeah. and people don't want minded stuff. Yeah. That's so crazy, man. I, I think, and it's so funny because I know for me personally, I hate bringing race into things, but sometimes it's no other answer. So, and it makes me, and the reason I say that is for me, when I see minorities thinking about starting these businesses, like you say, I feel like we should benefit from it since so many of us have been hurt from it or financially we've been hurt for our family members, you know, have, you know, good guys may get locked up for selling marijuana and then they never come out of the pen or they come out as a totally different person. So for me, I feel like we should some kind of way not get for, I, shit fuck it first dibs on it yeah you know what i'm saying like straight up and i think about it from a reparations perspective like not to be funny i think jews and a couple of other you know races who had reparations but i don't think mexicans or black people ever got reparations and i'm always thinking about it from a perspective when i hear trump say shit because i'm like motherfucker who gonna <laughs> who gonna build a wall it would be mexicans that's building the goddamn wall <laughs> and then when you think about the country of i was talking to somebody i think it was yesterday we were talking about like people getting what they actually deserve and what is theirs. Like I didn't learn until like college that Texas, Utah, Phoenix, uh, I mean, Arizona mm-hmm. and California all used to be, you know, by Mexicans. That's that was y'all shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never even thought about it. Then I started going back and looking at, you know, things we learned in school about Mexican-American war. And you were taught to love the cowboy and hate the Indian mm-hmm. or hate the Mexican. And it's like, that ain't the fucking real history, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the Trail of Tears, and it's like, you think about pilgrims, you know, they broke bread with Indians, and it's like, but they gave them the blankets with smallpox, and that's where the Trail of Tears came from. It wasn't because they just died along from some kind of pestilence on the way over, you know, to California. So it's to think about that, like, I just love seeing people who deserve what they, you know, get, you know. Get what they deserve. Get, the, get what they uh-huh. deserve. Fuck, I, I should have smoked. I think I work and function better when I'm high because I'm mixing words up. But I think about that. And that's why I said when she told me about you, I was like, this is dope for a Mexican guy who's been through something. You know what you're trying to do with the, you know, judicial, the reform and stuff like that. And that was another question I had before we close. Have you been able to help somebody like get out of jail or lesser sentence or whatever the case may be? So we uh, have had our lawyer come in and occasionally do a day where anybody who's been convicted of a a crime Mm -hmm. can come in and have their records cleaned Mm because it wasn't automatic. People's records aren't cleaned automatically. So that's something that we're doing um, pretty regularly. We also contribute and encourage people to write to people that are incarcerated. Um, We have a, a little program like that going on. Um, What's the name? Do you have a name for that program? We don't. It's okay. just, just, we just encourage people to do it. To they do get it. discounts. Okay. No, that makes sense, man. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So we're going to get ready to wrap it up. I do appreciate you, man, for coming out, Alex. I appreciate Arteza for being here. I appreciate you, lady, man. I would like to say that every, oh, my bad. I can attest to the fact of this <laughs> nice staff at the Southwest Patient Group because I did call because I was trying to get in touch with you and they were so friendly and sometimes when you call trying to get in touch with the Mm -hmm. owner most people are like gatekeepers Mm -hmm. but they were like oh yeah he's just on vacation we'll get we'll get your information (laughs) to him and I was like whoa that's really nice Nice. normally they'll say it and it's like you don't hear back for like (laughs) two months and when they hit you back it's like well we the interview was set for like a month yeah so I just wanted to put that out there yeah and she was excited about it she wouldn't even tell me about you she was just like we're going to California because we 
came out here for her birthday. Mm-hmm. We also came out here for some other things. And I was like, well, I want to work. I want, I want to interview somebody from there. Work. <laughs> so I was like, let's find somebody. So she was like, I was just thinking somebody who lives here, not really thinking of any industry type stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I haven't heard back from. Home. Yeah. And she's like, I haven't heard from this guy yet, but I was like, just tell me who it is. And she's like, I don't want to tell you because if it falls through, then I look like an ass. <laughs> so when she found out about it, I think, what day was it? Like Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday of this past week? Yeah. Or this week? Maybe last week. And when she called me, she was like, I'm so excited. And I was like, what the fuck? Did you get a check in the mail? Like, <laughs> what happened? And she's like, no, this guy that I've been trying to get on the podcast for when we go to San Diego, his people just said he could do it. So when she told me about you, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to research you, but I told her, I was like, I feel like I'll be able to have a good conversation just from my interest in marijuana and just the fact that, like I said, I really appreciate the fact that you're trying to help people Mm -hmm. who are locked up for something that they should be let out on. Before this even became legal, I don't know what episode it was, I was like, if you sold weed, what I say somebody, if you sold weed, you should be free to something. That was the name of a podcast because I was like, if you're in jail and they about to legalize this shit, let all these people out. Yeah. For these little joint crimes or mm-hmm. ounce or whatever that they were carrying or the intent to distribute, but they don't have like a big ass network. They just trying to feed their families because mm-hmm. that's the thing I don't think a lot of people understand too. People, a lot of people, especially drug dealers that are black and Mexican, we're not really out here trying to take over the world. A lot of these lower level guys, they're literally trying to eat, feed their families, have sure. a job because even if you go to jail, Bill Clinton fucked us. You go to you the three strikes rule. Mm-hmm. You go to jail. You come out. Who the fuck want to hire you? Right. You can go to school and get a degree. You could be a totally different person, but you still can't come out and get a job. So then you end up going back to what got you in there, and that's the second strike. Then if you steal a bag of chips when you get out, that could be your third strike, and you're gone for 20 years of life. Mm. Yeah, over something so So dumb. simple. Yeah. So, man, I appreciate talking to you. I definitely um, I will be promoting this. Awesome. I will be telling people about you. I'm sure we'll he look will you up. will be there later. Yes, I will, <laughs> to, to participate in, in some of the product. But again, man, I appreciate you, Alex, for coming out. Thanks, Artesia. Uh, what, what was your name again? I'm sorry. Deb. Deb. Deb is the engineer yeah, holding us down. Nice yeah, she is nice. Because well, I, I was normally as dudes doing engineering. Yes. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, the energy was good. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was dope to, to have that. So, again, man, you guys are listening to The Reality Is. If you want to be on the podcast, you can email us by going to info at The Reality Is. That's T-H-A, TheRealityIs.com. If you want to listen to any episodes, you can catch us on Our Heart Radio. Uh, what are we on? Spreaker. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Pretty much anything Everywhere. you listen to podcasts, we'll listen to there. If you want to know about us, you can catch us at Robert's Media Group. We have a lot of services from editing to video to audio. Um, shout out to Shave Versations. Yes. They are another podcast who just came up I'm under the super Robert's excited Media about. Me too. Alex. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so we are excited about everybody who continues to come onto the podcast. If you want to check us out, you can go to www.therealityis.com. Again, that's T-H-A, The Reality Is. And as I always tell you guys, inhale courage to exhale success. Be blessed and we'll catch y'all on next week. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Thank you.
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.